This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Good afternoon to all the ticket listeners out there. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach here on a Wednesday and uh, kind of a fun Wednesday. A couple things going on. We're going to jump around. Uh, we got some Husker TV ratings from last year that I want to get to. A little bit of summer league fun as uh, a really impressive debut from Chet Holmgren. Uh, kind of got me thinking about where some of the, the names that you'll want to watch out for as Husker fans in summer league is it's a little bit more interesting than it's been at Nebraska for quite some time to have some of those guys in the mix there. Uh, we'll see, obviously talk about the, the big trade in, in uh, Baker Mayfield today, going over to the Panthers, probably the starter there. Um, so that's that's at least of, of note uh, and plenty more. Uh, but first, I'd like to bring in Strick. Strick, how are you doing today on this uh, wonderful Wednesday afternoon? Well, it's wind down Wednesday. Today is a great day. Uh, hot. Uh, yeah. nonetheless, but it's all good. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening out there, some some news to uh, report on, some things to talk about. Um, interesting to hear about them, you know, the Huskers and, and, and those, those TV ratings, and there's also some other TV ratings that are out there uh, from another football um, organization that happened to outperform what they thought maybe they would be doing at this time of the season. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. The USFL, um, uh, for what it's worth, had a uh, – which is – that's that's my crutch. I just learned today on the text line. Somebody's pointed out. I, I keep saying for what it's worth. I don't know where I picked it up, but now I think that we should take shots. Not me, but, you know, you guys out there. Take a shot every time I say that, and I'll try to keep it down. But I am saying that a lot. Uh, but uh, the USFL had a uh, 1.5 million viewers for their championship on Sunday. Um, for what I can't say for what it's worth. Uh, on Sunday, NASCAR PGA Golf uh, also on the same day drew 1.9 million. Sunday Night Baseball drew 1.2 million. So they did a little bit better than Sunday Night Baseball. That's at, at least something. Um, I mean, that's a major sport. Yeah, you know, to to consider when you really think about it. But it's not all that obviously. In an era where football is king, and it has been for quite some time, uh, which is basically, we, we always talk about money, right? We always, when we're talking about the, the, the college football discussion, why all this is happening, it's money. Well, it's, it's money in TV ratings, and some people like to belittle college football or college sports from major markets, like we were talking about the other day with, uh, you know, Colin Cowherd, or you can, you know, if you have pro sports teams, you can make fun of uh, college sports and saying that that it's less interesting or this or that, and uh, it it sounds elitist and it's annoying, and I don't like when f sports fans draw a line between that or any really line. We're all just trying to have fun, but you will hear that from time to time, and I always giggle when I hear a, a pro sports fan do that. Is like act like college beneath him because it's not really pro versus college sports it's football against everybody else 
college football, the reason why all this is happening and all the money is being moved is because they're the only thing that at times can compete with the NFL. And not really. I mean, they, but they're, they're the second showing. Major League Baseball, uh, the NBA, all these other sports don't draw the ratings that football does. Not just not just pro, but college as well. Um, I think I looked up the top fifteen um, uh, just ratings grabs this this past year, and the first twelve were NFL, and the next three were college football. Again, college football can't reach the height of what NFL can do, um, but that's why there's so much money being thrown around. That's why there's you know this college football landscape is changing and why football is the king above all. And in that, you know, basketball, all these other sports aren't really being considered. Um, all of that makes it really interesting to ever see if a spring league could work. And I guess first off, I'd want to know if any of you guys watched most of the, much of the spring league, the USFL uh, this past year, obviously there were connections there. Josh Banderas had a heck of a year. Um, you know, I know a couple other guys, Lonzo Moore was out there playing Freedom Mack and Mulligan, Um and Mike Riley, one coach of the year. So let us know if you watched or how much USFL football you watched Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Strick, did you find yourself getting into it? I mean, or was there enough other sports or other things going on that you just, or was it something about the USFL that turned you off? Well, I think there was a lot of things that were going on for me. I, I, you know, I would take peeks, sneak peeks. I don't think I was ever in a point where I honed in a whole game. I think part of it, too, was the games were all played in, in, in Birmingham. Yeah, uh, that So hurt. that was kind of odd, you know, I, I think watching and, and not – getting the fan supported base. I think it was good in order to minimize uh, cost uh, on the onset of the league getting off to a start and, and just allowing the viewership to really be built uh, by way of TV. And they did, I mean, I, I mean, let's just, let's just keep it real. They did a good job of, of just maintaining solid football uh, ratings. I think one of the key elements is obviously in February next year, XFL is going to start off before they do. Yeah, months get a before they months do. before they get going. Um, then the key component to that is whether they did enough this year, whether they provided enough spark, enough energy, uh, uh, enough reason for somebody to want to tune in. If some people were able to get behind via viewership um, to get behind the players and, and to really connect with, with the players and the teams – to be a driving force for what the you know because let's you know honestly xfl is going to come with a lot of gimmicks they're mm -hmm. going to come with a lot of extra stuff they have a tie to the nfl being that they're going to be a showpiece in order to help the nfl to make decisions as to where they may go with certain technologies or certain things that they may implement or use or want to try yeah. so I, they, that's going to help them that, i mean that that gives them you know a, a certain leg and they're getting a, another start on you I just personally don't think that two can survive. I think there's going to be a group that's going to enjoy one aspect of it. Otherwise, it's going to cause a split, which is going to cause lower viewership, which one will die. And then it's going to depend on who's got the best backing at that point. But then I, I think they can. And the reason why I think it's possible is you're having such low viewership, especially via TV, on baseball. Uh, baseball is doing okay for the most part, probably in stadium stuff and, and mm -hmm. in the local market, so forth and so on. But on a national scale, being that football is key, it, it, it does give a little leg to that where there's an opportunity. There's a voided space in this time frame of a season 
um, barring, you know, FIFA, World Cup type stuff or, right. you know what I mean, anything major, uh, barring what happens with Liv. If Liv just goes nuts and people are really just excited, I, you know, I don't personally know that to be the case, but they're getting they – They're going to up their production value from what I've heard. You but know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. So, other than that, man, barring there's any outliers of something that just really just sparks your interest and drawn to – then, yeah, I think they have a chance. I think one of them will have a chance in this. Whichever one that is, I don't know yet. And they both have, like, a, you know, at least somewhat of a name that you can draw back on. At least it's not, you know, random letters that, you know, just thrown together to be a new football league. You know, the XFL is going to bring back uh, memories of the early 2000s and He Hate Me and all the, you know, the gimmick football stuff that was there before. I don't know if they'll bring back those cheerleaders. They might get in trouble in the modern day for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, USFL, of course, goes, goes back to the 80s. Um, and they have their own, you know, fight in court about some of the right. people from back then in that league wanted their money there. Um, but I, I, I also found quarterback play like somebody pointed off the text line. Uh, I think quarterback play certainly certainly hurts. But Josh says it's hard watching the USFL without fans in the stadium. And obviously That's there there weren't about. a whole lot of fans yeah. in Birmingham that wanted to cheer for right. other teams. Right. Um, and so he said it reminded me of COVID and that, I think that kind of probably hurts uh, it a little bit. Um, we, you know, we've all seen, and that's a mental thing. Yeah. That's really a mental sentimental thing because really nobody wants to be reminded of the right. time frame. So right. you're right. I yeah. think that's, I think that's odd when people are looking at us. Like this looks like a COVID me. game. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me too much of that, but yeah. And then I think quarterback play also hurt. I think if if you need if they if they were able to, I don't know what league it is, but isn't like Johnny Manziel's throwing to like Terrell Owens, yeah, uh, some indoor league and some indoor yeah, league. Yeah, yeah. That's what they need. They need the the has-beens yeah. that were at least big stars, or you know the the first round flailouts that that you know five years later we forget about them. I think that that's what they need, and certainly a guy like Johnny Manziel's uh, personality kind of comes along with it. To's personality, for what it's worth, uh, would come in with it as well. What about well. Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus Russell would be interesting, and he's always <laughs> awful said it before before this kind of season would played you, out. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, there you go. See, but that's that's it. And, you know, maybe that's what maybe The Rock knows that because The yeah. Rock is the leader of the USFL. Now the owner, excuse me, of the XFL um, after Vince McMahon gave up on it. Uh, but you remember The Rock like opened up the Super Bowl. So, I mean, we talked about that connection with the NFL and how that's going to help. There, there clearly is that that there. Um, but he's. I mean, he's he's the, the embodiment of star power and what it can do for TV ratings uh, and movie ratings and all that stuff throughout his career. I wonder if he can understand the idea uh, more so of, of bringing that type of star power. And it's it's not even the best football players at times. It's just the most exciting. Um, and I felt like the USFL just didn't have that. When you watch Shea Patterson, I mean, these are these are solid uh, quarterbacks that at least as a college football fan, I can kind of remember, but I only know like three or four guys on the team barely. And so, I mean, I, unless you have a, a, you know, a star of the league that just kind of takes over, um, I don't know if, if they'll make it either. And, you know, the other thing is this, I just don't know if there's a need for spring football. I understand it's the time slot to try to, to get any sort of piece of the pie out of uh, college football and NFL, which run the rest of the year. Um, I just don't I, – I guess as much as I miss football uh, and part of it – I'd rather watch, like, old games on YouTube of teams that I care about and know and uh, and stuff like that. Um, 
But, you know, it, it's got to build this foundation. And, and I think you're right. The Birmingham, the no crowds, that kind of stuff kind of kind of fell off of it. So I, just because year one went like this, even though they had a one and a half million viewers in their in their championship game, I'd have to bet on the XFL at this point, almost because I just know what the USFL looks like, not not necessarily knowing what the XFL is going to bring out. And like you said, the two-month advantage that they're going to get on kind of trying to build something. Because if, if the USFL just kind of comes along midway through the XFL season, or I, you know, I don't know exactly where they'll be at that point in the season, you know, I don't have enough room to watch two spring football leagues yeah. in my, you know, at time, you know. Yeah, I, I just I, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I just think that there's just a there's a dead period of void because the baseball season is just so long. Right. And really, most baseball fans don't really get energetic until like the third quarter of baseball. Mm hmm. When the when when you start kind of seeing how the playoff situation is going to line up, when you start kind of seeing at that point where teams can make a run, you know, like like some teams did. Unfortunately, last year, when the football I mean? season kind of starts, yeah, you get into saying. September, October. Yeah, 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 and, and that's when it just really that's where interest really starts, you know, mounting up, because then it's like a carryover. It's like that winter start fall entry then carries into football and everybody's like kind of just, yeah, you know. So I think, too, baseball, a lot of it depends on who gets there. A lot of it depends on who's in the running. You know what I mean? If it's like the Tampa, I mean, the Toronto Blue right. Jays and, you know. <laughs> Small market teams, You know what yeah. I mean? Toronto Blue Jays and somebody like, San, you know, well, they don't have them no more. But, uh, well, do they? Padres? Yeah, yeah. Still Padres, Diego, yeah. Right? San Diego Padres or something like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's a real thing, yeah. <laughs> so at that point, you know, but if it's like Red Sox or Yankees. Yeah, even, Dodgers. Even the Tampa Bay, you know, now, you know, they're 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 kind of solid. Um, yeah, if it's some of those types of teams, then, you know, people kind of perk up a little bit and get excited about that yeah. fall, fall fling. Well, I've mentioned this for baseball, too. I think that they they do kind of miss out now on not having the old Red Sox-Cubs dilemma of kind of like a curse, like some type of like a lot of history kind of going into it. Um, and, you know, there's some other teams that can kind of step up and have their own, um, I, I guess, gaps of, of success and all that stuff. But that was really, for me, growing up watching baseball, the, the, you know, as cool as it was Nets, to like watch. ball going between your legs. Yeah, just like, like yeah, like in the Cubs and the Red Sox got close at times. Yeah. And it was just such a story to have 86 yeah. or 100 years or whatever of, 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 of just getting close or being relevant, being a major market team and not getting the victory. I feel like baseball really uh, misses that now. And, and I feel bad for, you know, younger people that never – Kind of got to experience that because I don't even know what team that would be now. Royals. Well, the Royals just won not too long ago, but they're still. And they're not a big enough market. That's it's got to be That's a combination it. of things, yeah. right? It's got to you got to have enough Rangers. of a fan base that cares. Um, yeah, I'd have to think back to when they're <laughs> when maybe they the last Rangers. maybe. But the the, the know, problem Houston's is again problem. we don't know that like. Right. 15 years ago, I guess I have to think back. Now it's been <laughs> like 20 years ago, whatever it was, when the Red Sox won. Um, you know, it, you could just ask any baseball fan who are the most, you know, the the, the, the lovable losers. That's the Cubs and, and the Red Sox. Yeah. Now I don't even know who that team is. Um, Joy says the Guardians are currently in a long drought now. Um, yeah, but they, they also got the problem that they just switched teams. So I don't even know. Like, you don't have that connection either um but uh that is true i think i halfway didn't know what to call them 
at uh well not the guardians but like I'm, I'm i was just talking to somebody from dc not too long ago and part of the discussion was you can't even say it now like yeah it was old washington redskins right, right. and so i didn't know i halfway almost forgot that they're the commanders. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it, this trend. We just got kind of, used to football team barely yeah, enough, you know, yeah. and then they switch it on they us too. It on us. So, yeah, that's been, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Having no, it was very similar when we started call, like Washington Bullets. And yeah. Wizards. The Wizards. Wizards. <laughs> that was like hard for the, for the mind to grasp that. And I think I did everything I could to not go in the early stages of the Washington. Not to go to DC and and, and play with the Wizards, like I was like, <laughs> you didn't want to. <laughs> it just the name just did not just not click with me. At the, I mean, it was the early stages, so it yeah. still wasn't. Now it's you know it's it's kind of a mainstay now. I I gotta ask you because now that I kind of think about it, what was you obviously played uh, against MJ when he was with the Bulls, but what was I mean as a player in the league when he went to the Wizards? You know the Wizards. Uh, weren't great. It's kind of a cool era. I mean, Kwame Brown was a draft pick there, but you know, at least for us, Teron Liu uh, was just kind of coming off his success against Allen Iverson in, in the finals, and he went over there. Um, what was the feeling in the league with Jordan coming back? There, because in the media, obviously, it was an absolute frenzy. But was there an idea that he'd come back and and, and be the best again, or was it kind of like you know, this is Wizards. This is a different chapter. He's older. Yeah, I think it was a different chapter. It, it's one of those things of scratching an itch. It would be very similar to what I felt when my time was up here at Nebraska and I wanted to kind of just get on the football field and just scratch the itch. Yeah. You know, it was just it, – it, it's like he's he's a part owner because, remember, at that time he was a part owner of the Wizards. That's um, right. By A. Poland gave him partial ownership. So you're sitting there. And, and it, it was very similar with that I had. I had the same similar experience when I was working for the Dallas Mavericks in 06, and I was in the building. Mark Cuban flew us all down to um, the Miami game. Oh, the finals, yeah. The finals game in 06. And it was very similar feeling that I had when that happened. Like sitting there in them stands and you're watching the dismantling of how the team is just falling apart and just totally giving up the ghost in that game. Yeah. It could have went 3-1. You know what I mean? And so I could understand how he's sitting up there and he's watching just – and he knows he's, a on, he's an on-court coach. You yeah. You know what I mean? So, and he, I mean, he could help the team. Yeah. So that's kind of where – you know, that spawned from. Yeah. And we knew that. You know, those who were vets knew that. Did you guard Wizards, MJ? Did you ever yeah. have the chance? Did, I, got, I actually got a picture of um, oh, me cool. in my house of him when uh, I think I was with I was with Indiana okay. when, when I got the picture. Well, those Indiana him. teams were cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, did you, I mean, could I'll, you? I'll take a picture of it one day and I'll bring yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll, we'll put it up on the on the stream. Um, did did you uh, like? I mean, could you tell when you guarded Wizards, MJ, that it was is different than For sure. Bulls? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he just didn't have the. I mean, he still was crafty. He still was very cerebral in how he handled himself on the court. Still had great hands, so you had to you know protect the rock and do different things like that. Um, but he just didn't have the same step. So his post-up game and his mid, all that stuff was still efficient. You know, yeah. his, his actual pump fake game was even mm. probably, it was solid, but it was probably even more effective 
you know, at that age. Because he needed it more. Yeah. yeah. So those things, he just didn't have that same first burst that mm-hmm. he had. If he, you know, hit you with any type of counter or, or, or shot fake or he, you know, out, you know, those yeah. types of things was not there. But that's about it. Yeah, that's just it's kind of interesting to kind of go through my head of guarding Michael Jordan and thinking he he was better. I've you know I've, I've done this before you know because obviously to he the layman you forty well right yeah I mean, he's still, still like average still, twenty he, yeah, he could go off work. on you yeah. but it's just like for the layman to ever think of guarding MJ alone it's like yeah there's no chance whatsoever but to to have guarded him at a time when he was better than to a later it, yeah. it'd just be weird to guard MJ and think this isn't the best MJ I've ever guarded <laughs> no yeah and that, and that was was kind of wild about it. Um, I didn't get to see Kobe in his latter years, but, you know, getting to see Kobe in his prime was pretty much what you were going to see with MJ. Yeah. You know, those are, yeah, <laughs> they've got compilations out there on YouTube right now that you could basically go and see the mirror of what it, oh, yeah. you know, what he they was. Oh, yeah, pretty similar. Yeah, they're just the similarities in their game style. So, yeah, man, yeah. I was it was fun. It was, it was, it was a blessing. Um, I was truly grateful to play in transitional eras meaning i got to see some of the you know top 75 players of all time and in, in, in some of their you know final days i hate it I, I mean i got to play with magic but i didn't get to play with him playing yeah that's, i mean because you know when we go train in la he would always play you actually didn't want to play magic on in pickup games because he's caught if the game is even close he's calling in he calls fouls. <laughs> He's a little bit older at this you point. You don't even touch. You don't even touch magic. Can't touch foul. magic. <laughs> he is making sure he's getting the last shot. That's how he works, man. It's crazy. But yeah, but it's it's fun to play on Magic's team. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, it'll get you going. <laughs> but yeah, but playing against him in the pickup was never fun, bro. Who was the? Uh, and we're just kind of diving off. Uh, obviously, there's there's something to talk about. We'll get back to it. But it's it's kind of fun to go down this road. Who was your favorite setup guy that you ever played with? I mean, you because you played point guard a lot, so it's hard. You know, you might have been the guy to look for to be that guy. Um, I, I can tell you it was fun watching Reggie Miller work mm-hmm. off screens and you're waiting. You, 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 once you understand how he sets people up and his flares from his curls or from his, you know, pop outs, when you get to that and how good his footwork was and, and squaring up and being able to get his shot off, those were fun. Um, but I also enjoyed the magistry of Paul Pierce. Mm. Like Paul just didn't look like he can do to you what he do what he, oh, what yeah. he does to you. You know what I'm saying? He, he he looks like he's a slow man's game. His shot fakes are slow. You know. Then all of a sudden he's by you. And then he's with a step back to a pump fake. You fly up. I mean, it yeah. was just it was so magistry. crafty. Yeah, it yeah. was magistry. And then he'll go in there and bang on you like. He would go in and, and, and next thing you jumping off the bench or you jumping on the court like, yo, you, <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. you know, you put somebody in the rim and you're like, dang, you know, you little dumpy looking, you know, because he <laughs> looks kind of dumpy, you know, yeah. like you don't have the athletic, you know, to, to do what he does. And he's, he's, yeah, he was phenomenal. To watch. He's one of those also, guys. Also big chunky, big chunky. Yeah. You know who big chunky that? is? Brian Reese? No. <laughs> I don't know. No, Big Chunky. That's big country. Big Chunky was uh, Antoine Walker. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, Antoine. Six eight just you know, yeah. watching him too in the post and do the things he did in the post. <laughs> Those guys were fun to watch, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Dirk was phenomenal, but I didn't get to see Dirk 
in his prime. I got to saw young Dirk mm-hmm. where Dirk was still trying to figure it out. He was still trying to, you know, find his way. He was still patenting and perfecting that little, you know, one legged, you know, fallback and stuff like that. But the crazy thing is that every day after practice, I'm a, I was a gym rat, so I would stay mm-hmm. after Dirk would still be there. Dirk would come back at night. Like sometimes you have to, I'd have to come back, do something. He would be in the gym with Hogar. He, he brought his shooting coach over from Germany, and mm-hmm. he would be working on stuff. He would be doing squats and shooting, and he the craziest shooting drills that you would oh, see. Yeah. And you can see that he was what he is, the culmination of that from what I saw in those early years. Well, and that's, it's fascinating because uh, we got to take a break, but but we'll get to it here in a second. Um, that's kind of the, the a lot of people, I guess, are looking at what Chet Holmgren did last night. And wondering, because he, you know, the comps to, to, to Dirk are kind of there where he's not going to have the speed to blow by you or anything, but he's seven foot one. He can, you know, he can shoot over the top I'll of you. I'll tap in on that. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, coming up next year on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 